On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, climbers, Brent here. And before we get into the show, I want to let you know about a killer event that's coming up. It's the Martha's Vineyard Songwriting Festival, and it's coming up September 12th through the 16th in beautiful Martha's Vineyard. We're going to have a great weekend of music, workshops, and networking. I'm co-headlining the weekend workshops with my pal, Jimmy Yeary. Jimmy wrote, I drive your truck for Lee Bryce. Everything's going to be all right for David Lee Murphy and Kenny Chesney and a bunch of other stuff. Joining us will be hit songwriters Byron Hill, who's written hits for George Strait and a bunch of others, and Jesse Lee, whose hits include Peter Pan for Kelsey Ballerini. We'd love to have you join us in the vineyard. You can get all the details and reserve your spot today at Martha's Vineyard Songwriting Fest. That's Martha's Vineyard Songwriting Fest.com. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. As a matter of fact, that's literally why we called it the climb C L I M B. Creating leverage in the music business. That's brilliant. Why do we name it that? Because what is leverage? Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means you're bringing something to the table other than your talent and a lot of potential. You're bringing a reputation already. You've already shown that you can do something and you're going to get a lot better deals and a lot more love. And that's what you're going to need to get ahead in the music business today. These are not things that you should be doing. These are things that you have to be doing. You need to create leverage person who came up with the climb, CLIMB, is my co-host and my good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular basis, he has different opportunities that will connect you with the pros so you can either take an at-bat or listen in and watch how those at-bats are taken and just get a little get your head around how it works. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. It's real easy, songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Yeah, Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists such as Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Many, many people are thankful for that. Uh, <laughs> How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right. Yeah? I'm doing all right. Good to be working with you. We're working with you, too. Glad to be in the room. Glad to be uh, sharing what we got with people. That's right. It's just starting to, man, you know, we're working on another record-breaking month. Yeah, another working one. Working on it, yeah. I'm excited about that. Just means it's resonating with people. Yes. Right? It's it means res- people are digging with it. They're digging it. And yep. uh, what are we going to learn today? You're, you're jiving. You're at the helm. I am. I am. So this is a question that pops up from time to time in the Songwriting Pro Facebook uh, community. It probably pops up on the Climb community every now and again. It's a common question. Should I copyright my song? A lot and of people so wonder about that. A lot of people wonder about it. It's, it's a relevant question. And, uh, people sweat and freak out about it. And so we're just going to dive into it a little bit, give you my perspective on it. And we'll do that. Before that, we'll take care of a little business. That's so, right. 
First of all, uh, join the Climb community if you haven't already. It's on Facebook. Search for the Climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in, unless you don't have a picture. Uh, <laughs> if, if you, if you can't, haven't figured out how to upload a profile picture to Facebook, then... You're not ready yet. You're not ready. You're not ready right. for the Climb community. But, man, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah, we're starting to do, you know, we got your Music Monday, which is where you can share your tunes. Every once in a while we drop in a co-writer connect, so you can meet up with other people for co-writes yeah. or other kind of collaboration, people asking questions, people help, being helpful and giving answers and all that good stuff. And we'll yeah. post new stuff on there. Uh-huh. I think we, we, as much we can be better at it, but as much as we can, we try to make it a good resource where you can go and visit and just mm-hmm. get caught up on some stuff that we filter through that would be relevant to you. Yep. Um, and, and other people answering questions for the community, which is cool. So so go there, be good boys and girls, or you will get Roadhouse. Don't be, don't be a spammy terrorist that's right um, we don't spam we jam that's right all killer no filler uh get subscribe to the podcast that way the tuesday full episodes come right into your phone and every friday we have a mini so it's either song title challenge or it is expand your brand they're all right there you don't have to worry about catching it on a feed it's it's there for you to consume whenever you have the the that sleepless night when you're like huh. i might as well get something done or the dog up. to walk right there you go um also share it the best possible compliment you could give us is to tell a friend tell a fellow musician a fellow songwriter a fellow indie artist hey this will change your life like this is cool like there's Mm -hmm. some good information here that gets you thinking the right way it's positive it's educational it's motivational and and turn them on to it and uh we're we're always excited to hear about stories like that and then lastly leave uh take 30 seconds leave a rating and review five-star rating Mm -hmm. tell us why how, how it's helped you so that other people who are thinking about spending a little bit of time on it can read through the reviews and find out that it's legit and that there might be something there for them and they'll, they'll, they'll donate the time. They'll, and speaking of reviews, I believe we have a new one. We do. This is a five-star review once again. Uh, very short and sweet. I like it. It's from Continuing, uh, it's called Continuing Education from Tracks for You. And it's very, very quick and concise. These podcasts are part of my continuing education as a songwriter, period. 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 Thank you for that five-star review tracks for you, and I'm glad we're helpful for you. I am, too. So, man, should we copyright that song? Man, I tell you, when I was... um it's a question I get a lot, and when I started off, uh, my buddy Tim, we were... He was... Tim Meitzen was my, like, only co-writer back in the day, back in Arkansas, and and we'd write, you know, like 10 songs or whatever, and we'd go on the copyright.gov website, and we'd bind them as an album. Mm-hmm. That way we didn't have to Only do one like, fee. At, yeah, one fee. At the, at the time, it was 20 bucks and per song. So we'd, like, we'd do an album. Because we all have the same writer, same splits. You know, just we'd do that and send it off and get our form PA back or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. months later. And it made us feel good that no one was going to steal our songs. Looking back on those songs now... <laughs> How much money did you spend copyrighting songs? <laughs> uh, more than I've made off of them. I know that. <laughs> That's called cash flow negative. Cash people. flow negative, right. That made me feel better. Um, so let me let me start by saying I am not a lawyer. I'm not a copyright attorney. All right, so this is not legal advice. Right. I feel like there's some lawyer somewhere that would tell me to say that. Um, but it's, it is my, I'm going to give you my professional experience. And what I see and what I've done and what I've experienced uh, on the row. And so you can take it for what it's worth. But uh, we're going to dive into this. So here's the big thing about copyright you need to know is as soon as you, like due to like a copyright law of like 1976 or something or 74 or something like that, as soon as you sing your song into your voice memo, your 
record it into a face what a video you write it down in your notebook you sing it into a tape deck whatever right, you send up silk signals and that can be whatever you get as a tattoo that's got the recording yeah, thing on it as soon as it's fixed you got the wave yeah pattern. as soon as it's fixed in a fixed form so you record it somehow you write it down you own the copyright yes the minute you do that you own the copyright so usually what people are talking about is registering the copyright right, for and protection that's for protection so that here in the u.s right so it's I'm not going to speak to any other country. I don't know what's going on in Saskatchewan, you know, as far as that, that process. Oh, yeah. No? No, yeah. no I don't know. I'm okay. not, I don't know what's going on in China. Probably not much as far as copyright protections. Um, but anyway, so what you do is, like in the U.S., you go to copyright.gov. You get the form. Usually, it's, I think it's form PA. Uh, but what that does, you fill it out. You send in your song. And that registers your copyright. So basically, you you already own the copyright, but now you're waving your hand to the government, going, "Hey, whoo, got this copyright here. Once you know about it, yes, that's right. Stamp a date <clears throat> so on they it, acknowledge it. <clears throat> so that way, if it comes up in a lawsuit, whether on either side of a lawsuit, I've got it registered, and there's like an official kind of stamp. Boom, you turned it in this date. Here's your date of it creation. Counts in the court of law. Counts right. in the court of law. That sort of thing. So real, real quick, before you go yes. forward, just to let people, so most of you probably know this, but in case you don't know, I think now it's like sixty bucks, right? A song. I'm not sure. I got a company that handles it for my new stuff. Okay. And so I'm not sure. But it's it's. Um, Last I heard it was forty, but it might be more now. Uh, okay, so you can do it like per song, or mm-hmm. what Brent was talking about. Just to clarify, is you can. You can put 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 songs on a CD mm. uh, if you can fit them on there and yeah. register it as a work of art. Like my, you know, my demo, album, my... demo, demo songs, Opus One. You can call it whatever yeah. you want to call it. And you can register one fee for all those songs mm. as a work of art. So, so if, you, if you're thinking about doing this, like mm-hmm. just know the difference between the two. Yeah, that's what we did. And, and there may be some differences in the protection, how strong some of the protections are. I, yeah, I don't know all that stuff. So, again, not an attorney, but that's, right. that's what I used to do. Now we do them separately. But, so that's what you're doing. You're raising your hand. You're putting your stake in the ground in Washington, D.C. So as soon as you write boom. it, you, you, you own the that's, copyright. As soon as, you, as soon as you record it, write it down. As soon as it's in a fixed format, you own it. You own it. So and if then, you're just playing it and singing it and you don't record it or whatever, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. I think officially you don't own the copyright because it's not And by the way, it can't be stolen or anything like that because nobody's ever heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's <this is> true. <laughs> so... Um, Okay, so what do the pros do, right? So I used to work in the royalty department of Blue Water Music. I was in the royalty and admin department. Blue Water's legit, worked with hit songwriters, and we do admin work, or, well, they do. I used to when I was with them, do admin work for other uh, publishing companies and stuff. So totally legit, know what they're doing, and actually they work for me now. But we wouldn't send off a copyright registration until the day a song was commercially released. So this is like 2002, somewhere around there, um, to... 2004 when I was working there but like we'd wait like oh new Rick Trevino record coming out we got two songs you know two Al Anderson songs on there or whatever and got the form filled out it's sitting in my ready to go box release day it's out it's really out okay now we're going to spend the money and we're going to send that off because we had the date of creation backdated to the date it was written right. but now we're sending off the registration because now it's out there in the public domain so this is before more stuff was out there 
in so the interwebs. Let's, let's, uh, let's just go back and review that. So mm-hmm. two things they should know. So number one, they have a data creation, especially now today, the data creation would be on your iPhone, uh, on your smartphone. Yeah, when, when you're recording it in there, tape. it's got a date on there. Yeah. That, that counts. That's a digital stamp, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, he's sending it off the date that they release it into the public. And I think it's important to note that... Um, you, when you get the copyright protection, that stamp is good from the day that the, the protection that you get is good from the day that the postage stamp on the envelope is is stamped. So it could take you six months to get your paperwork back. Yeah, but it's it backdates. Right from yeah. the from so if you send it out on March 30th and you get it back six months later, mm-hmm. that protection is officially registered, registered yeah. at March 30th because that's the date. That's yeah. on the envelope. But January 1 may be your date of creation, which is in that in that form. Which is so, also in the form, right. Yeah, so there's, you know, you're registering all that stuff. And I don't know all the ins and outs, but that, that's how we did it there. Because, you know, at the time, I think it was like 40 bucks then yeah. to do it. And it was like, we got all these songwriters turning in songs. We're not going to, I don't think anybody does. You, right. don't co- you can't afford to copyright everything. A thousand songs a year. That's 40 grand. This is a publishing company, by the way. Yeah, they pay, is, they pay songwriters to write really good songs, right? And they're generating revenue from those songs, but not from most of them. But not from most, most of, of them. Most of them will never earn a penny. That's right. So why are we getting upside down on them, right? Yeah. And just all that paperwork. You got to pay somebody to fill out all that paperwork. Yeah. And so, uh, so even if you only register the songs you demo and pitch, it's still not really, in my opinion, a great use of time and money. Um, so. There are a couple of things, though, that publishing companies do that you can also do to help prove data creation. That's what it comes down to, right? Data creation. If somebody says, hey, you ripped off my song, and you're like, well, my data creation is before yours. <laughs> you know, if you can prove that data creation, their argument falls apart, right? Right. Because your song's older. I didn't get hop in a time machine, listen to your song, hop back, and write it before you. So it's, it's things like, yeah, the digital stamps on your, if you sing it in a garage band, your iPhone, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. upload it to YouTube, even if you make it private where other people don't see it, it's got these stamps. Yeah. And that's all evidence. That's like, look, here's a, a I never thought about that. It. That's a brilliant idea. Upload it to YouTube, just the audio, make it private so no, the public can never see it. Yeah. But there it is on a database. Right. Exactly. exactly. That you're not going to be fudging the date on. That it was up, and you can put in the notes like who the co-writers are, and yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, that's so. Why yeah. didn't I ever think that's brilliant? Well, you know, do they do that to publishing companies? Uh, I don't. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 
and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's Factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. I don't know if they do that. I don't know if they do that. It's just having... It's sick. Yeah, yeah. So okay. you can do that, but that helps prove date. You know, it was... It, this song exists in this form on this date. Okay, we know it goes back at least that far. Uh, when I when Monday Morning Church got cut by Alan Jackson, I remember uh, my co-writer's publisher uh, asking me, like, hey, Aaron was telling me, Aaron's my co-writer on that song, he's like, she, she was telling me you write everything like in these notebooks and stuff. I'm like, yeah, like even if I'm typing on the computer that day, I go back in and I put what we got that day, I, I handwrite into notebooks. Part of that is just because I still like that old school, I have notebooks with my lyrics in it, but I date, you know, and put my co-writer there and here's what we got that day. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's great because that's evidence. If somebody comes along and says, "Oh, you know, I wrote this song and you, you, you know, stole my song or whatever," right. I can go back and show all these notebooks. Like, no, it's in notebook number thirteen, and here it's dated, and you got all these songs on both sides of it with dates and co-writes. Oh, and that jives with my paper calendars that I keep with my co-write dates in there. Yeah, you know, for years back, I keep all that stuff, and so it's all evidence that's proving data creation it's right. about evidence and, and that kind of stuff so um so that and also with publishing companies they do like assignments so um every once in a while you know you turn all these songs and every once in a while you're like okay here's a new assignment you know we're officially saying these songs these titles that i've turned in i've written during the course of my publishing deal are part of this deal okay. you know and so it had the song in the data creation and you just sign it to officially kind of create a paper trail that's adding that song to that deal gotcha and that has data creation on so you get these documents that are proving your date of creation uh so that stuff helps so that's kind of what we do to protect ourselves without spending the 40 bucks yeah we don't have it officially registered but we do own it and here's paper trail mm-hmm. in case something happens um but with that big question that what if somebody steals my song okay first of all it's hard to sue and prove plagiarism a couple things. You can't copyright a title. Right. All right. You can't copyright an idea and you can't copyright an approach. Like a way of That's right. kind of By the way, story. can't copyright a title. I think there's three number one songs called Fire. I'm sure. And there will be more. Yeah. Yeah. And you know secondly, you have to prove that the, the so called thief had access to your song. So this is why some songwriters, hit songwriters don't do Contests, they don't do feedback nights. Right. They just don't want to get exposed to songs if they can help it. Because that way, years later, they write a song that has the same title as one that you pitched them for a contest or whatever. Even though you can't copyright a title, you're like, I was at that thing and you were the guest there. And I can prove that because you heard my song and now I'm going to sue you even if it's a different song. Right. <clears throat> they just don't want to be exposed to that liability. Yeah. You know, yeah. The pros aren't going to be stealing songs anyway, but they, they're just like, I don't want to be in a position where somebody thinks I do that and it costs me money to right. prove that I did. Or and you have to have insurance way. on that. That's changes yeah, they your have insurance rates when you pop that. When you do that, that like, stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, they can't steal without access, right? You can't rob a bank that you never stepped in. That's right. they got to prove that you're in the bank. Right. And, of course, now so much stuff is online and out there. It's... I don't know how that's going to work. Cause you're like, it was on my SoundCloud. How can you prove you never went to their SoundCloud or whatever? Right. I don't know. I'm gl- I don't have to figure that stuff out. But um, but the the last hurdle is, and this is the hardest one, they'd have to make enough money off your song to make it worth your time to take legal action. 
They actually have to make money off your song before, otherwise it's kind of a victimless crime. Even if somebody technically, like, I like that song. I'm going to put my name on it and tell everyone it's mine. I'm going to release it on my indie record. I'm going to sell 50 copies. Yeah, or I'm just going to play it around the road like it's mine. Right. Listen, the odds of them making any money off it are really slim. (laughs) So that's why... That's why I think hit songwriters will play stuff out. Others writers, you know, you play all these writers nights. You have this whole culture of this in Nashville. People going and playing songs out. They haven't copywritten all those songs, yeah. registered the copyright with all these songs. But they're playing them out in front of a room full of songwriters. Yeah. How are they? You know, how does that make sense? You know, if you're throwing out to these people that you know, oh, I'm worried they're going to take my stuff. So some people don't want to play out and stuff. And my theory on it is one. Any one particular song, there's a very slim chance it's going to make money. There's a better chance I'm going to make money off the relationships and building a buzz about what I do by playing my best stuff out. Right. There's a better chance I'm going to meet somebody, write the next song, build my career. Think about the long game, long not the short game versus game. the short game of somebody taking my one song. Okay. And plus, there's so many great songs around town that we're begging somebody to go make money off of. Yeah. <laughs> that are ours. Yeah. That the chance of taking somebody else's and going to make a million bucks off that. Really, really slam, right? Uh, so it's really, I think the it's worth getting your stuff out there so people can hear it and think and know that you're awesome and want to write with you or want to hear more of your stuff or maybe record your stuff. is is worth a small chance that somebody might hear it, jack something from it, and make money. Yeah, if your goal is to be a pro, if your goal is to get your songs cut by major label artists and to generate revenue somehow mm-hmm. you know by writing songs then uh, you need to get it out there and so like if, I mean if I'm reading you right part of the message here is like don't hide everything away because you're afraid somebody's going to steal it right just get it out there yeah you know and if it makes you feel better to spend that money to copyright it or to register the copyright fine yeah well, don't skin out my nose I don't care Do it. but yeah. you know how many conversations I've had with like amateur songwriters who are like that's a hurdle yeah well I'm not going to put it out there until I get the copyright done until I send the copyright which is, okay when are you going to do that well next paycheck I'm going to it's like oh yeah. man come uh, on you now know? you're like hey listen just go listen to the climb episode 131 <laughs> it's free you have to wait until your next paycheck <laughs> So, <laughs> realize yeah. you're just getting in your own way. <laughs> yeah, now you got something you can just. Uh, you're hijacking sing. your own damn song. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's. But I get it. It's a fear. I used to worry about that because I thought my songs were awesome. And oh, you know, you hear oh, people stealing songs. What are they? You know, Ed Sheeran's getting sued every other month for you know stealing songs. Whatever. He really is. He really. He's got is. another one. Like, uh they. Somebody's in love with the shape of his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> and um, That's right. anyway. But it's like the odds of that are so slim, especially when you're starting out. It's like, most no, your songs probably aren't worth a dime. Yeah. I mean, not worth a million dimes. Sorry, mine weren't. Yeah. I mean... I mean, not only do they have to prove the lyric and the concept and the, mm-hmm. the title, but also the melody. Yeah, there's so much that has to be... They really have to take your and song. And that's so subjective. Uh, yeah. Um, and so... It's like, yeah, there is no protection. Yeah, you play it out if there's a concept. I mean, there have been some of mine like, okay, this is a really different concept. It's, you know, on this really... I will hold those closer to my vest. I don't put them out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll pitch them and stuff and send comps to publishers and that kind of stuff inside the business. I may not put it out there. But the other thing is, I look at it as like, even if you jack my title and my angle, you still have to write it better than I do. Yeah. 
And get it out there. And get it to the right people before I do. Yeah. And that's my job. And fully on me if you if you beat me at my at my job, then dang it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I guess I better start beating more people. I guess I better write my songs better. And this yeah. kind of focusing on like one thing too, right? Yeah. It's it's like, man, you know what? You're gonna get uh you're gonna you're gonna keep writing songs. Like Yeah, and if that's the only hit better. idea you ever have well, you're not going to make a career yeah, anyway. Exactly. If that's the only one you got, so you're saying right off the bat, you're almost you're almost admitting you're like I, I, I got one. Being a one hit wonder. Yeah. I got one. <laughs> and that was or every- if they're all that special, great. Give yeah. ten away. You got a thousand more, right? You're gonna yeah. make so much money, you won't want to know what to do with it anyway. So, yeah, I think it's sometimes it's an excuse. We were talking about self sabotage yeah. recently. That. Either people are just focused on the negative, like I can't make a move until I got everything perfect and everything's locked down and all in place and I'm protected and nothing bad can happen. We can get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. But anyway, you know. Yeah, what, so, what happens if you're like a husband or, or a, a, you know, your father or a mother, right? And you do all that stuff and then it's like, yeah, it's just like Alanis Morissette's. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Yeah, isn't that ironic? You get hit by a bus and it never happens. Like you yeah. could have had the cut that could have taken care of your family after you died. But I no, know, but like, never played it for someone because the copyright form hadn't come back yet. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times it's an excuse. It's either it's ignorance and and that's fine. We don't know what you can fix that. Yeah, you know, so we're helping you with that. Yeah. Okay, so now you're off the hook. But the other thing is sometimes it's just an excuse, so you don't have to take action and maybe have somebody. Say they don't like your song, or you're scared of greatness, which we've talked about before. And what if they do like the song and love the song and record the song? I don't know what to do about that either, because that really freaks me out. Success freaks, you know. What what if they say yes, as we've talked about before? So there's all this kind of mind games. Usually, it's it's not about the copyright. It's not about somebody quote unquote stealing your song. Um, Get it out there. Don't let that be an excuse. Take action. You know what's you know what's going to happen when you do that? Eh, probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you play your song. And probably nothing. Some people are like, eh, that's cool. And you'll go back home and you'll write more songs and you'll that's right. repeat. Because you know, they'll be talking over half that song anyway. And they're... then you go play more songs. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. <laughs> and then eventually you get, you get better right. and better. That's right. And some of you like, man, that was a great song. You want to get together right? And you're like, I would oh, love to get together right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Uh, listen, if you want some more, you can also go to um, songwritingpro.com and the search bar for the blog. Type in copyright. It'll bring up some other blogs with some other thoughts on this. If you want to take a little bit deeper dive, that could be another resource for you. I, I, I do that for people. Sometimes they'll email me the question about copyrights. And I'll mm-hmm. go to Songwriting Pro, search copyright. It brings them up. I just copy that link and email it to them. There you go. Like, yeah. here you go. Yeah, here's the answer. Here's, here are my seconds. thoughts on it. You I just, pick my brain right there for free. I just did it for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, right on. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode, man. We hope you filled your brain with some more knowledge. And uh, that is a big, that's a big. It's a big it's question. A, it's a big question. It's a big reason that a lot of people don't. Don't even do song demos. Like, yeah. I don't want to bring it around those other musicians yeah. until it's protected. And it's like, man, you know, uh, yeah. the, like we do 30 a day for publishing companies, for hit songwriters that you just said weren't protected. You yeah. know that they're not going to protect them until the cut goes out. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Not, not. It's just protected in other ways. Yeah. It's just protected in other ways. That's yeah. right. Hey, and and also, guys, I want to send you to uh, to a free resource. 
because we're all about giving giving help here helping you on your songwriting journey i have a gift for you it's giftfrombrent.com it sends you where you can get my download my free ebook think like a pro songwriter goes into a bunch of mindsets and some inside stuff that you need to know help you you know ways to uh, get on a publisher's radar how the pros know who's looking for songs that kind of stuff you can go to giftfrombrent.com download the free ebook also put you on the songwriting pro um, insiders list so you get other tips and resources and stuff emailed to you delivered right to you for free so you can go and use those three words that I don't like to say but check it out <laughs> get instant access it's a gift alright so. Well, so there it is, guys. Uh, join the Climb community if you haven't done it already. Go to Facebook, search for the Climb community, ask to be let in. We will let everybody in as long as you got a picture uh, and a heartbeat. We'll let you in. And right. uh, don't be a spammy terrorist or you will be roadhoused. roadhoused. And uh, great community, though. Lots of stuff going on mm-hmm. with people, helping other people. Uh, they're the most beautiful people. <laughs> and uh, we try to you know load that up with as much content as we can can that would be valuable and relevant and personal to you um subscribe to the podcast every tuesday full episode magically shows up in your phone every friday one of those mini sods and it uh that way you can consume them whenever you want but you've got them all there it's automatically archived and put in one place where you can go back and find them at will number three best thing you could do for everybody like it's a win 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 situation mm-hmm. is share it if yes. this is where if you're listening and you've listened to more than a couple podcasts clearly you're getting some kind of benefit out of it mm-hmm. tell somebody about it you know we got a reputation spread it around right. <laughs> um let, let somebody know that's the best compliment we could get and finally leave uh, take 30 seconds leave a five-star rating and review on itunes that helps us look more legit. We're, we're almost at 100, man, so yeah. I kind of want 100. I know. Or you can be like those two people that left like a four-star. Yeah. But everyone else left a five-star. Three people so. left a four-star. Is it three? Yeah. Uh, and I, don't, of course, I don't worry about the four-stars. Yeah, I don't worry. I don't let it get to We still got a five-star rating with all of those other So uh, that said, guys, listen, this podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, 
You don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.